the biggest sale of the year is happening now at Big O Tires. Buy two tires, get two free on select tires in stock. That's two free tires when you buy an alignment and tire protection package. That's 50% off tires at Big O Tires. It's going on now, but it all ends soon. Buy two tires, get two free at all participating Big O Tires. Installation additional, plus shop fee of up to 10% of non-discounted retail price, not to exceed $35. Hurry, sale ends Monday, December 23rd. Chiefs was the topic on Facebook Live, now a Sportsbeat KC podcast presented by Big O Tires. And that's where we were on Thursday morning, the Big O on Warner. It's December 12th, and Herbie Teope, Sam McDowell, Vahe Gregorian, and Sam Mellinger joined me, Blair Kirkhoff, in talking about how these Chiefs handle the final three weeks, having already clinched the AFC West. We also talked up new Broncos quarterback Drew Locke, the former Mizzou and Lee Summit High star. And in honor of Locke's Buzz Lightyear touchdown pass celebration, the crew comes up with their favorite animated show, movie, or character. That was kind of fun. Links to the stories we discuss are in the show notes on KansasCity.com and on the Red Zone Extra app. Thanks to Randy Mason for producing today's episode, and we'll be back on Friday with another Sports Beat KC presented by Big O Tires, where we talk sports in Kansas City every day. Welcome to Facebook Live Red Zone Extra, where we begin our 9.30 show. What's listed? 9.43. That's not bad. That's, mm-hmm. that's pretty good for us. Cover the spread. <laughs> We're at Big O Tires um, at 7622 Warnell Road. Home game for Sam Mellinger, who's to our far left. Uh, not too far away from Vahe Gregorian. Wouldn't know it from my time of arrival, but yes. yes. <laughs> Sam, first one here today. Vahe, last. Well, second. Yeah, but I'm usually... I, I don't count me. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's arrogance. <laughs> <laughs> of the highest order. <laughs> Sam McDowell is here, and so is Herbie T.O.P. We are here to talk Chiefs with you. Send us your questions, your comments, and we'll get to as many of them as we can. Um, guys, there's a interesting game this weekend with, uh, with the Denver Broncos. We're going to talk uh, – we're going to get to Drew Locke and, you know, his two – NFL starts that have been pretty good uh, a little bit later in the show. But let's talk about the Chiefs first and some of the issues with the Chiefs, first of which is their victory on uh, on Sunday in New England means, coupled with the Oakland Raiders' loss, means with three games to play, the Chiefs have clinched the AFC West for the fourth straight year. I believe this is the earliest they have done that. I, I was just thinking about that, and I'm pretty sure it is And and. In that and, time, in the four-year stretch. Yeah, and it creates an interesting dynamic, which right. is where you're going. But, yeah. It does create this interesting dynamic that um, three games to go, They know the Chiefs know they're in the playoffs, they know they've won the division, so they know they're going to get a, at least a home, get one home game in, in the postseason. Um, Andy Reid was asked yesterday, Herbie, you know, what, how, do you, how do you sort of navigate, negotiate this situation it's kind of an odd place that the Chiefs find themselves in. I mean, you've got to convince your locker room to keep going, right? And and yet they know they've one goal for the season's already been met. Yeah, but I think Andy Reese says nothing really changes in these last three games. You attack each week as if it's the, the, the past week. But the Chiefs had that T-shirt that said, the West is not enough. And I think a lot of the players, well, actually all the players, know that there's more to this than just the AFC West. 
there's still a number one buy, uh, excuse me, a number one seed, a number two seed still at large here. Nobody's really clinched that yet. And obviously, they need a lot of help. But sooner or later, they want to go beyond just winning the AFC West. Last year, last year, obviously, they made it all the way to the AFC Championship game. They got a taste of that, one, one step close to the Super Bowl, and that's the goal now. It, it's nice to win the division, but hey, go do something with it this time. But do you think a three-week stretch where, um, uh, you know, when they know they're in the playoffs, does it affect the mindset of the team? I mean, can, it, can you already start playing for the playoffs now with three weeks to go in the regular season? I don't necessarily think you have to start playing for the playoffs. I, I, it, the, the NFL cliche is one game at a time, and you've got three very winnable games here, and then you're going to need some outside help. So I think if, if anything, you're not necessarily playing for the, the playoffs itself. You're playing to win out and then let the chips fall where they may. It's kind of like the NCAA tournament. You know, you get in and let the chips fall where they may, but you need the Ravens to lose, you need the Patriots to lose, so they need some help. Well, Sam, we've seen uh, the Chiefs in previous years clinch a playoff spot and then have Andy Reid sit his starters for a game. In those scenarios, that's not only did the, the playoff spot was clinched, but their position, the seeding position, right. was pinched. Do you think that that might be how this unfolds? Once the Chiefs know where they're going to be seeding-wise, you might see, yeah. you know, a different approach. Hundred um, percent, and it would be the uh, the Chargers game, right? Uh, the, 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 the week game seventeen the game. Um, because Listen, no, well, wait a second. Now they they could know going into the Bears game if they're two games behind the Patriots and they'd have to lose this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah if they, they lost. Right. Because the, the key game um, is the Patriots and the Bills, which is the same day, well, same weekend anyway, of, of, of the, the game in Chicago. Yeah, that's right. So to me, if this was the 2013 Chiefs, I'd think, okay, maybe they do you know, sort of lose their focus a little bit and start swerving you know, down the road. But you know, it's, it's a nice cliche, and it was a cliche. The West is not enough because the Saints – you see that it had yeah. shirts that said the South. The is South not is not enough. That's uh, correct. Same font, same design, <laughs> <laughs> everything. NFL properties. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, I, I do think that this team, the West is not enough. You know, like um, it, it's it's been about the Super Bowl from the beginning, and and in, in that way, everything that's important to them is still they haven't accomplished it. You know, not even a little bit. I mean, there was a nice celebration or whatever, um, coupled with a hell of a win you know, to beat that team in that building. Um, but, you know, I, I think the number two seed, number one, it's pretty shaky. But to get the number two seed, all they need is the Patriots to lose once. And the, that Bills game is, is the most likely. Uh, and then they can get a bye. And I think that's really important. So it seems to me that if, if the Chiefs go into week 17 with their playoff position uh, locked, then they will uh, – we'll see Andy – with um, make some decisions on personnel for that yeah. game that we've seen in the past, don't you think? Right, I think for sure. I mean, it's it's Andy is obviously a creature of habit. Um, you can almost you can almost know that that's that's the scenario. The the twist on this obviously is that yeah, they're in, it's clinched, but you, you you're still playing for something. To your question about you know whether it's you know sort of human nature to just have a, a little letdown, I, I think you do wonder that about the team. I mean, you know, you're you're in. You know, how fired up do you get to just think about a possible extra uh, boost in your playoff positioning when, you know, you don't really control it. So it'll be a little bit of a testament to how just locked in this team is, how they play Sunday against Denver. Yeah. Um, I, look, I, I just think that 
it's it's just so early to to be in the playoffs. So <laughs> yes. early to not just to be in the playoffs, but to have the division clinch because the Ravens are in the playoffs, but they don't have the division clinched yet. And I don't. Is there anybody else in the NFL with that that are that's that has the division clinched? I don't. The Saints. Saints have the division Correct. clinched too. Okay. Um, and how about in the AFC playoff picture? Have the pa- Patriots have clinched a playoff spot? Yeah, so we not the division yet. But not the division because of the the Bills record. Yeah, so we know that Ravens, Chiefs, Patriots are in. Are in the AFC South is a you know that's coming down. Looks like the, the Titans and the Texans, and they play twice in the last three weeks, which is really interesting yeah. to me. Yeah, that's cool. <clears throat> you know the interesting thing that, that and Sam brought this up is if the Chiefs were to lose Sunday, and if I understand it right, then that that they're fixed, basically locked in on that three seed then, or maybe they're not. Maybe they could be risking. They could drop to the four. They could lose the four. So that that that's incentive enough too. So well, there's two things I think at play that that keep you wanting to win these games. First of all, the Patriots looked beatable based on the team we saw on Sunday. I think the Patriots, obviously, they've got the Bills game, and I know they have two pretty easy games, but based on that team we saw, I don't think any of the three games is is a gimme, and all the Patriots have to do is lose once now that you've got the tiebreaker over them. The second thing is, I think in the AFC this year, the three and four seeds are capable of going and winning those second-round games, which means the three seed could come into play because if the four seed also wins and you win, now you're talking home field for the AFC Championship, and right now they're only a game ahead of that four seed. Uh, and the Titans are playing super well right now. I could see them going in and, and winning a game on the second weekend. It's happened before, although yeah. <laughs> Derrick Henry. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, we've seen it before. We've seen the Chiefs lose a few games at Arrowhead in the, in the postseason as the better seed, obviously, because yeah. they're playing at home. Yeah, that does happen. Didn't seem to happen in New England much, but it happens in Kansas City. Um, Let's talk about the uh, struggles of the offense. Uh, they went to New England and won. The Chiefs have won three in a row, and they have done it, I think, largely on the strength of an improving defense. But um, they haven't, uh, except for the Oakland game, it, it, the Chargers and the Patriots, uh, not capable of pulling away. Chiefs apparently the better team in all three of the games, but in, in the close games, the better team, but not able to pull away. What's going on with the offense, Herbie? Well, I think against the Patriots, it was pretty clear Patrick Mahomes' hand injury bothered him. Even Coach Andy Reid said on Monday they had to pull back on downfield shots, and they kept everything short. Uh, Mahomes said yesterday it, it, his hand feels better, but that's a concern. It, it seems like every week, every other week, something's popping up there with the offense. Uh, I think if he's healthy, then you'll see it spread out more. But against the Patriots, you have to put the reason on for the reason those struggles is because they didn't want they couldn't do what they normally like to do. Well, and they and they haven't been doing it. You know, they they didn't do it before the New England game. And Vahe, you you chatted with Patrick Mahomes about this yesterday, um, specifically about the struggles of the offense. And I thought he was pretty candid. With, with his response. He, he really was. In fact, he sort of took it and ran. I mean, I just was trying to get a little feel for what he thought might be out of sync. And as he tends to do, he, he, he two things. He puts it on himself, but he's also level with you. I mean, and he sort of elaborated in ways I, I, I think that you wouldn't expect and, and actually really spoke to, he didn't, he didn't say he had happy feet, but he sort of spoke to a thing that we've noticed, which is he's been a little less settled in the pocket. Um, two things with that. One, clearly, he he still he basically acknowledged that he's still dealing with the knee and the and the ankle, but also this came up last year. He he referred back to that that he sort of loses some fundamental soundness, for lack of a better term, 
late in the season. And he, he suggested it's something that's sort of always been that way. I think you get – the implication is you get a little worn down and maybe a little less disciplined and, and you know, just, just things that, that the wear and tear does to you. Um, and he knows he has to work on that. If you do look at his games late last year, he, the footwork changed. Um, and that's, we've seen that happen now. Um, even the McCall Hardman touchdown, which was a, you know, a pretty cool play, um, was a little different than, than a, one of those sort of typical Patrick magic moments. I mean, he, he, he did, threw it off the back foot, sort of just seemed to be chucking it. You didn't feel like it was like some genius threading of the needle that, that you sometimes see on these special plays. And, um, it can still happen that way, but it's not exactly uh, Patrick as we've known him. That's no, another reason, though, to an argument in favor of playing all your guys for the next few weeks because they've got to get the offense back on track. And the only way you do that is, is game reps. And Mahomes and his receivers are, are the primary culprit right now. Yeah. I find this Mahomes footwork thing um, impermissible. Um, I just think uh, it's it's not it's not allowed to happen and shouldn't be happening. Especially, listen, I, I, I jest, but listen, we've seen it when he's when he's at his best, he's phenomenal, right? So my advice to Patrick: be at your best. You know, <laughs> be Patrick Mahomes. What's go, What's going on with this? Is it is it the injury, Sam? That's I think. So. I mean, look, we're we're connecting dots, but I think those dots are there to be connected. Um, I, I do think that. Um, it makes logical sense to me that he's trying to protect himself and or a little bit nervous about getting hurt again. You know, there's something in that combination there because there are times where, and it's not every snap, there are times where he steps in, up into pressure. There's times that he, um, you know, doesn't bail the pocket, but it's, it's too often he'll bail a clean pocket or he'll bail a pocket, you know, a second, you know, just a beat. And that's all that. That's all it takes uh, before he has to, and it, he'll make plays harder on himself. I mean, he's still the, the one that sticks out the most. It's been a few weeks, but it was the Raiders game when, when he did the, the, the scramble to the right and then threw yep. across, the, across the field, and it should have been picked off. Uh, and, and he did that a few times um, the other night or the yeah. other afternoon um, in, in Foxborough. He doesn't do it all the time. That, that Hardman play, I thought he stayed in the pocket and, you know, and, and did what he needed to do. But there's, there's too many other times it just gets a little bit sloppy and look like it. Sloppy Patrick Mahomes is still, you know, sure. a top five or You'll take top it. eight quarterback or whatever. But precise, you know, in rhythm, uh, comfortable in the pocket, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback that I've ever seen. He, he also spoke to throwing off his back foot a little too much. Yeah. That's part of uh -huh. the when, – when, you know, when, when you know things aren't comfortable with him, he's throwing off the You're back foot. You're protecting a little bit. Yeah. You're, you're sort of subconsciously yeah. – and another – it's not just like bailing the pocket, but sometimes he, he, he'll drop – you know, 12 yards or 15 yards when it probably should be seven. You know what I mean? And, and that makes plays harder. The one that sticks out on that is that, that Travis Kelsey post-up play. It worked. Yeah. Uh, but that post-up play against the – was that the Raiders as well? I, I think, think so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Over yeah. the middle. So, anyway, uh, there's just little things, but little things turned out to be big things. Well, and I – it seems like we bring this up every week because it deserves to be brought up every week. But, you know, the, the collection of running backs has been – you know, it just, yeah. it's been a different cast That's each week. Um, and as a position group, it's just not a strength for the Chiefs, I don't think, right now. But we did get some news yesterday on the injury front, uh, some decent news on the Chiefs running backs, Herbie. Who's uh, Damian Williams coming back? Yeah, what, what would that mean? Yeah, Damian Williams, who missed the last, what, two or three games. He hasn't played yeah. since week 11 when he suffered the rib injury in Mexico City. He returned to practice on a limited basis. 
we know how Andy Reid likes to do things with guys coming off of a long-term injury. So the, the key thing is, what is he going to do today and even Friday, and how is that going to affect the backfield? Last week, Spencer Ware joined the team on a Tuesday. <laughs> on Sunday against the Patriots, led the backfield in snaps, which I was like, wow, I, I didn't even realize that until I looked at the snap counts. But, yeah, he was out there, had more snaps than LaShawn McCoy or even Darwin Thompson, and Darwin Thompson that week was being talked up, and he was third on the, on the snap list. I think for this week, if, if Williams is at play, then I think he's probably going to get the bulk of carries. For the fantasy people who are in the fantasy playoffs, you stay away from the Chiefs' backfield because you have no idea who the carrier is. And Ware had the big fourth and one conversion in that game as well. Uh, yeah. He's mm-hmm. a tough runner. Look, he's that's you know he, he was a, he's not a, he's a between the tackles type of guy and good in pass protection as well. That's the key. I think. Yep, they, yep. they trust him to protect. The one guy that needs more protection, you know, like that, that's, that'll get you snaps. Yeah, yeah, it will. All right, so uh, conversely, um, as we touched on earlier, this defense is just getting better, better every week. It's so impressive to see what's going on defensively. And look, I, um, the, 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 um, we, we talked about the two touchdowns that the Patriots didn't get because of the officials' calls, right? Uh, the fumble return, Kelsey's fumble return, that the whistle shouldn't have blown. That should have been a Patriots touchdown. And then the um, uh, stepping out of bounds uh, going into the end zone should have been a Patriots touchdown. What needs to be said also is the two touchdowns the Patriots did score were on the plus side of the field for New England. They didn't have a drive against, against the Chiefs. Um, they, they, um, you know, the block punt set up one touchdown, and, and uh, I think a pick set up another touchdown, a short field touchdown for New England. This defense is playing so well. And I know, look, Tom Brady and, and the Patriots offense have struggled this year. They're having some issues. But every week, I'm getting more and more impressed with what's going on defensively. Herbie started off with this defense actually by, let's start with the Frank Clark situation and then segue into what, what this defense has been doing. Well, what, what was more impressive against the Patriots was what Clark endured. He, he had a flu, came down late in the week. My understanding is he lost, what, 10 to 12 pounds? Yeah. And still had a monster game, had a sack on Tom Brady. But with his situation, he had to go see a stomach specialist. We'll, we'll wait to hear back from the Chiefs on the results of that. But the fact that even with him banged up or, or fighting an illness, these guys are balling. They're absolutely balling. And what's impressive to me is all the inter- interchangeable pieces they've had on the defensive line. Emmanuel Ogba. Yeah. Injured reserve. Xavier Williams landed on injured reserve earlier, but they've been able to find guys to fill key positions. Alex Okafor returned last week. He had a sack yeah. against uh, Tom Brady. T- Tano Passano. Yeah. He's a guy who's actually impressing me too. Two block kicks and, and two straight weeks. That's, that's pretty darn good. And I can't. You know, I've been doing this a while, and I can't remember when I've seen that. So this defense. Sam McDowell here wrote about the secondary last week. They're really, really stepping up. Charveris Ward, you wrote about him. I mean, the list can go on and on. But to me, when I look at this defense, what still concerns me are the linebackers. You know, I, I just haven't seen enough there to really grab my attention. It's everyone else, though, and they're, they're, they're actually making up for that. I noticed Ben Neiman got a lot of snaps in, in New England. Was there an injury situation there? Or? It probably had more to do with the personnel packages. Yeah, I, I figured as much. Um, because Ragland only played 17 snaps. Right, right, right. Okay, um, you're going to write about the defense this week, aren't you? I am a little bit. I'm mostly going to uh, sort of try to get a little deeper into um, the impact Steve Spagnuolo has made and, and why, why they turned to him. I talked to a few guys yesterday, and uh, it, you, you get the sense that um, his, his notion of scheme, his notion of who to put where, 
based on that, some of those changes. A guy like Tano is a good example, um, a better sense of where, where he fit. Um, and somehow or another, uh, he, he seems to reach them in ways that, that maybe Bob Sutton wasn't by the end. Um, and that, look, that's probably something everybody says. When somebody's your coach during the time they're with you, you know, you, you typically pay heed unless there's a you know, rebellion. So I, I, I do think, though, that he's had a, a, a distinct impact um, with everything he's done. Okay. All right, let's, hey, let's take a couple questions here. From uh, The first one from Terrence Warnell Robinson. I like that, uh, Warnell Robinson. Um, can we acknowledge that happy feet, like Mahomes' happy feet, tied to the lack of confidence in the interior of the offensive line? I, yeah, I, I think that's – I think, think those things that? are related. Um, I mean, I think it's <laughs> – if you have a pie chart of it, I still think more of it is um, injury, more of it is, is protection. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it just – that makes sense to me about bailing the pocket early, um, you know. And uh, Terrence – Terrence, yeah. right? Yes. Um, isolated to the interior of the line. I think he's right there. The, the tackles are pretty good, you know. Uh, Eric, Eric Fisher <laughs> used to get a lot of, gr- uh, a lot of gruff, right? And, and then he was hurt, and people saw, like, actually that he's a pretty good player. Mitch, Mitch Schwartz is – perhaps the best right tackle in football. So it is those guys in the middle, for sure. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. It's part of it. Um, and, and yet, here they are healthier than they've, they've been yeah. right all year. It's a, it's a healthy offensive line, isn't it? Well, Andrew Wiley was limited because he left last week's game against the Patriots with a shoulder. That's right, I saw Irving. Yeah, so he, he, was, yeah. he was limited on Wednesday, and if he can't go, then it's going to be with Snooski. Okay. Who's played pretty well. He has, been, he has played pretty you well. You know, for, for a depth guy, I think he's been pretty good. Okay. Um, Stephen Fisher, you know, he, he, he agrees with some of the comments we made earlier about fresh legs for the playoff push. I, I really do think, that we'll repeat it, but I do think that's, that's just a matter of having their position locked in before we see any starter arrested or any kind of lineup change made mm-hmm. for, for the Chiefs. Um, okay, well, um, the Denver Broncos are the opponent. We've gone almost 20 minutes without talking about the Broncos, and these teams played – uh, on a Thursday night about a month or so, maybe five weeks ago, and what a game that was. Speaking of the Chiefs' defense, we were, we were little confidence in what was going on defensively for the Chiefs going into that game, and, man, that was, that was a phenomenal performance by, by the group. That, that was the nine-sack game, mm-hmm. um, and one of those sacks, of course, was the fake punt that, uh, that, that went awry. <laughs> That um, so anyway, it was a great thirty to six. I think was the final score. Great defensive effort for the Chiefs, but something something significant has changed since uh, on, on the uh, on the Broncos side since that game. They've changed their quarterback, and uh, in instead of Joe Flacco, the Chiefs are going to confront a player they have not played against yet, um, as with just about everybody else in the NFL except the Chargers and the Texans, and that's Drew Locke. Uh, Drew Locke, starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos, uh, former University of Missouri standout, Lee Summit High standout. We're about, what, 14, 15 miles away from Lee Summit High where we're sitting here. And it's going to be fun to watch Drew Locke play at Arrowhead. Won't be his first game at Arrowhead. Do you remember his first game at Arrowhead? I played BYU as a freshman. Yeah. BYU in 2015 as his freshman year, right? Yeah. He'd just taken over. a couple weeks before, hadn't he? Was he, he didn't start the season as, as quarterback. He didn't that start year. the season, yeah. but he played that game. Yeah. He started that game, and he had become the starter in week five for Missouri that year against South Carolina. Um, and, yeah. and, and Missouri won that game. Speaking of you know, Locke having success in debuts, 
Uh, Missouri was, Matty Mock had been the quarterback up until then. Drew Locke starts against South Carolina, and, uh, and the Tigers win. Now that BYU game was only the, the second win that he got, and that was a losing season for, for Mizzou. But going to be neat to see Drew Locke uh, at Arrowhead Stadium. People ask me, they've been asking me all week about what kind of reception he's going to get. Well, first of all, they don't announce the opposing team lineup, so there's, there's not going to be a moment. It's not like basketball, right, where you <laughs> announce the starting lineups for both teams and you can boo or cheer for somebody. Um, but he's going to have a lot of people there, and uh, it's, um, it's just going to be fun to see Drew Locke. And the guy's been pretty damn good lately, hasn't he? Yeah. Two starts. Yeah. Um, I actually went to Denver this week to, to talk to Drew Locke, so we'll have a story coming on him. Uh, watches the show every week. Um, <laughs> he does? I drew, uh, he does not watch it. <laughs> How do you know? We'll see. Um, but maybe his dad does, though. He, he's, he's just like the, he's the same guy that I remember when I, I actually covered him in high school when he was at Lee Summit. And, um, you know, what, what strikes me as sort of odd about him is from a really early age, his dad, Andy, who actually Andy Reid coached in his first year at Mizzou, he coached him on the offensive line. Um, but He's sort of always been this superior athlete uh, because he's always been taller, and um, I, I, I don't think he's ever gotten enough credit for his athleticism. I mean, he had Division One basketball offers from Mizzou, from Oklahoma. That Oklahoma team ended up going to the Final Four, by the way. Um, but I still think there's along the way there's always been a little bit of extra criticism for Drew Locke. You know, when he was in high school, I remember he won the Simone Award for the top Kansas City player. And he was criticized for winning that because his team had a losing record. Well, that team just flat out wasn't very good. The only reason they were five and six was because Drew Locke was incredible. Um, they had, I think, a kid that was like 5'8", 150, starting on the offensive line, it seemed like. <laughs> um, then at Missouri, I felt like he was, he was sort of critiqued all the way through his time at Missouri. I mean, he led the nation in touchdowns as a junior. And he still just always had this microscope on him that the scouts, you know, that this advisory board tells him, you need to go back to school, prove yourself again, after he leads the nation in touchdowns. Okay. And then, you know, in the NFL draft, obviously we all know what happened on draft night. He falls out of the first round completely unexpected. And um, he's really used that stuff in very tangible ways, which is a lot of what the, what the story will get into. Um, but he, he certainly hasn't forgotten any of that stuff. Was he glad to see you come in from, from KC? See me personally. Yeah. <laughs> he did remember me. I don't know if that means he's glad to glad to see me. <laughs> All right, so let's let's talk about what he's done in, in, in the two games. Uh, let's just you know he, he starts he makes his NFL debut uh, against the Chargers. First of all, he he he's on injured reserve and uh, and so he can't the thumb know, injury with the yeah. thumb injury, so he can't play until half the season. Do we think that that helped him and? It was yeah. sort of a half red shirt year. Yeah, him. yesterday at practice, uh, Vic Fangio said that he thought he needed time to get adjusted to the playbook. And we've actually, I guess, maybe one of the negatives about his first couple starts is he often is checking that wristband, uh, even as he's about to, to call the plays. And uh, Fangio said yesterday he needs to get away from that. <laughs> like, they, he needs to get uh, more comfortable with what's going to happen to where he doesn't have to do that. But if he needs to do that, yeah, he needs to do that. Um, but he's played, I think, better than most people anticipated, you know, Von Miller called him a, a bleeping rock star after the last game. Um, he's really won over that locker room, and that, that was clear walking through there yesterday. Is His personality has really been infectious. He brings a lot of energy, and it, it was incredible how many guys were talking about that aspect of him. Not that Chiefs fans would care about this, but um, 
Broncos haven't had much luck at quarterback uh, since uh, since the Super Bowl victory season of 2013. <clears throat> Even in the Super Bowl victory season. <laughs> That's right. Brock Osweiler finished the year for them. I think Locke is the seventh starting quarterback they've had since then. Um and this is a, an organization that's now being operated by one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Just has, has had trouble finding the successor um, to, to John Elway, to successor to Peyton Manning. But uh, look, it, it could be Drew Locke, couldn't it? I mean, he's, uh, what, 300, uh, 309 yards passing last week. He became the first player in NFL history to throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns on the road in, in a rookie season, in a road debut, I guess, in his rookie season. So I know it's a little convoluted, but anyway, suffice to say, it was a very productive game. At Texas, a yeah. team that had beaten the Patriots the previous week, Drew Locke goes in there and beats them. And so people have asked me this week that you know, the Chiefs are in that position. Uh, there was some thought that the Texans had a post-Patriots victory letdown. Could the Chiefs have that letdown this week? Yeah, they could. Sure. sure. Yeah. Um, I don't think they will. Um, but, yeah, absolutely they could. I, Drew Locke and, and jokes about, like, this being a low standard or maybe even funny, but the, um, he's the most talented, the most the, – the guy that you could put the most hope in as far as, like, quarterbacks since Peyton Manning that, that the Broncos have had. Um, young, talent, um, bright, focus, like, all, all those things. I mean, like, Paxton Lynch, you know, Flacco – um, Osweiler, I don't know the other four. Simeon. Um, Simeon. Oh, God. Trevor. Him. Um, you know, this is a guy that you can imagine being their quarterback in eight years or ten years. You know, a, a guy to build around. I didn't think – I thought he had a chance to be really good. I, He surprised me. I didn't know, like, right out the gate, you know, this good and this accurate. It's like 70-some percent yeah, right, yeah, on completions. Yeah. Um, you know, th- that's been, you know, sort of the, the eye-opener for me. He's been he's been terrific. That was definitely the major knock on him was the accuracy yeah. and 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 his hands were too small to, to throw the ball accurate was a lot of what worried scouts. Um, but yeah, the Broncos planned on resting him all year. I mean, John Elway came out and said that it'd be great if he could if he could sit a year and learn. But it's clear when you've watched all three quarterbacks this season that he's by far the best on that roster right now. Yeah, you alluded to this earlier, Sam, but but. Um, Okay, so he, he had time to learn the playbook, uh, time to get more acclimated. But I, I was amazed at how critical uh, Fangio was early in the yeah. season. I mean, in, in the summer, going into camp, he was just ridiculing him. He was, yeah. What, 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 I mean, is it as simple as he, now he gets what he's doing? I mean, what, what I sort of got a, a glimpse of that being Fangio's personality, though. He's a little bit candid about that stuff when he, when he critiques his own guys, which was actually kind of, kind of refreshing <laughs> to, yeah. to sit through that. <laughs> Um, I think it also speaks to the inexper- head coaching inexperience of Fangio. Sure. You know, it's for, he's a yeah. first-time head coach, too, and I, I don't think that you – I think it was ill-advised for him to say what he did about his – you know, quarterback, a young quarterback who, you know, just trying to make a you – know, yeah. trying to make it in the NFL, yeah. and, you get, and you get your head coach kind of ripping you. In real time, I wondered if that was uh, a poorly executed way mm. of him – sort of eliminating the quarterback controversy, you know, that, that Flacco's our guy because, you know, and instead of building the one guy up, he, he, he's pushing the other guy down. And, I mean, Sam, you just mentioned this too. I mean, that, that takes some toughness, you know, like and, and yeah. maybe it takes a guy that's been through a lot from high school to college and now, you know, okay, this is, I've been hearing this forever. He needs it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's. Yep. Okay. Um, 
Reed Smith Heron wants to know about Frank Clark's status for uh, for Sunday. Uh, look, we we just don't know, right? Correct. Uh, uh, we did see the special stomach specialist yesterday, but it really is mysterious this this illness. And I, I was doing a Google search yesterday. He had stomach issues in Seattle last year as well. So. Um, we'll see. He's become increasingly important to what the Chiefs are about, attitude-wise, especially, yeah. and just the way he plays. That's uh, you talk about. We'll, we'll talk about this maybe in the next two weeks. But to me, the difference, you know, talent-wise, and pure talent-wise, maybe the players that Frank Clark and Teran Matthew and some of the others replaced off this defense, in terms of talent, are about the same. But they're bringing an attitude to this defense that I think is pretty noticeable. So you know, one quick thing about the. Uh, illness, the mystery is such that, that people in the Chiefs locker room seem to be worried about anything being contagious. Yesterday we heard Patrick talking about making sure, you know, extra doses of uh, whatever it is, the Germex, and uh, he's yeah. saying these guys aren't, he actually used this term, he says they're not exactly in quarantine, but, but they're giving us some space. And Darren Lee was talking in the locker room yesterday, made it a point of saying that he's keeping his hands in, his, in the pockets of his uh, sweatshirt because he doesn't want to touch anybody or anything. I offered to shake his hand, but he, he wanted no part of it. <laughs> hey, we've seen it before. Teams affected by a totally. flu bug that goes yeah. through. Like the Cowboys earlier this year was a team that had, had an issue. Yeah, they've had it for like eight weeks. Don't forget the Patriots two weeks ago. Yeah, they listed, right. they listed 17 people on their injury report. I feel like the Chiefs have had this uh, before in, in years past. I think it, it's been a while, but I feel like the, the Chiefs have gone through something like this. Okay, so we're, we've come to a point where we, uh, we talk about where the rubber meets the road here at Big O Tires, and that's where we identify a player that we think will come up big or needs to come up big for the Chiefs to succeed this weekend. Um, let's review last week's picks. Did who, did, who, who? I can't remember who everybody took. Pat Chelsea. You had Kelsey. Kelsey touch, touchdown run. I no. said Hardman would have a long touchdown. Yep. Uh, Thanks for bringing it up. <laughs> I gave him props on Twitter. That's right. I said Patrick Mahomes would be a factor. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. And you I honestly don't remember. Big, I don't you remember. said Reggie Ragland. <laughs> Reggie yeah. Ragland, who played 17 steps. So, okay. So we are on top of that. So we'll do that. And the, uh, the additional question this week, which uh, I just mentioned a little bit to Herbie before, so these guys don't know. In honor of um, Drew Locke and he, his going to the wrist, like as, as Sam said, his celebration, what's his celebration? Yeah, Buzz Lightyear. It's Buzz Lightyear, right? Uh, because shooting. his wristband is so gigantic, the offensive line gave him crap about it. So he's using it as Buzz. Yeah. I actually have not seen Toy Story, but apparently it is. A, <laughs> so there's no surprise. <laughs> no surprise. <laughs> it is a Buzz Lightyear thing. You know, Somebody asked him yesterday if Vic Fangio had not seen Toy Story, and his, his mouth literally dropped. Like he didn't even reply, and everyone started laughing because he was just shocked that he had never heard of Buzz Lightyear. Before, uh, before Vermeil came over here to Kansas City, we had him in St. Louis, and uh, his nickname uh, among the media was Buzz Lightyear because of his, his voice is a little similar to Tim Allen in the movie, but yeah. also just kind of his, <laughs> his attitude. So, yeah, just trivia for you. Okay, so, so the additional question to who, who we think will, uh, you know, will star for the Chiefs this week is favorite animated movie, animated series, animation. It could be a cartoon. It could be... Um, I'm already hearing the groan from Sam. You know, you've got to give me time to research movies. <laughs> he hasn't seen anything animated since, like, Garfield. <laughs> <laughs> I never saw Garfield. He never saw Garfield. Do you know who Garfield is? Uh, no, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Um, we always start with you, Herbie. Lovely. 
So let's, uh, you, you always kick it up. This is also known as the candy corn segment of, <laughs> of Red Zone Extra. So, Herbie, uh, pick the click or rubber meets the road. Who you got? I was going to take uh, Vahe's guy with the pick six here, cause, but I'm going to go with Juan Thornhill. Look, I know Drew Locke ha has played lights out. When you're coming in here and, and the, this Chiefs defense is playing lights out, I'm going to say Thornhill gets a pick six. Ooh, calling for the pick six. Calling for the pick six against Drew Locke. Yeah, well, there's no uh, penalty for missing it, so that's, that's the problem. <laughs> we, should, we just gave Vahe grief for all season for, for, that, for that pick. No favorite, favorite animation, whether, whether movie, TV, character, series. There's a ton of them for me, but I'm going to go recent. I'm not surprised. Because I'm going to go with Alita Battle Angel. Love that movie. The panel here is looking at me, huh? Alita Battle Angel. <laughs> this is right up my genre, right up my alley. It's, it's science fiction, and it, basically it's a robot. And she's, she's, she's bad. Well, I can't say that word. She, she kicks butt, okay? That's all you need to know. Alita Battle you can, Angel you can say badass. just came out. Is, is she badass? Is that She's what you're saying? Yeah, Alita Battle Angel. That's a badass movie, so check it out if you haven't seen it. All right, do we need to, do you need more time to? Um, yeah, I'm probably going to have to come back. <laughs> all right, Vahe, what do you got? Um, well, I've been thinking more about the cartoon than the, when the rubber meets the road, so I'll, let, me get, <laughs> let me get that out first. Um, I weighed uh, the, the movie Up. Did anybody ever see Up? It's a really good animated movie. I don't think I did so. Not. Um, that's good, but uh, <laughs> and I also weighed Underdog. No, oh, Underdog was for for you for and our, I, certain for generation. Our, yeah, certain certain age. Um, speed of lightning. But the one Old that's <laughs> sweet Polly purebred. <laughs> uh, the one that that still resonates today is Scooby Doo. Uh, Always how? Aware. How so? Uh, because the plot lines continue to get better. Uh, really, no, mostly just because I because I've got a couple a couple of nieces that, that call me Uncle Scooby because I uh, I do the do voice. Do you TV this? No, I don't. Oh, do wait, 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 wait! You do the voice? A little bit, but I I'm, not, I'm saving it for another time. No, 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 you're not. I'm like Therese, all right? I don't I can't do by request. I just need to do it when I feel it. All right, so if you feel it any time here in the next few minutes, you just you answer to Scooby Doo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, when the rubber beats the road, um, I'm going to go with Tyree Kill. I feel like Tyree Kill is just sort of out on the margins in ways we haven't seen him for a little while. And I, 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 I'm, this is with the assumption Patrick's hand is, you know, stable enough that he can throw downfield. But I, I'm looking for a big game out of Tyree Kill. That's a good one. All right, Sam Mellinger. Um, I haven't done this all year, okay? I just want that on the record first. Uh, so I'm going to go with the quarterback. <laughs> um, they've struggled. They've had C-minus at best games offensively three weeks in a row. And, um, you know, when, when they're great, it's because of Mahomes. And I think when they're struggling, I think that's been the biggest reason. And a lot of it's health. Um, you know, some of it's protection. Uh, but I think that, you know, that's the thing that we keep talking about, right, is, is can he be right? And, and can he trust the line? Can the line protect him? enough? Can they be on time? Can they do all those things? So I think that's, that would be the biggest development this Sunday. If, if they can have a game where they score 40, but it's not like the Oakland 40. It's, it's, yeah. it's offense touchdown. Uh, I feel very strongly about uh, the animation. Uh, and not just because it's this time of year, but it's, it's, it's the Grinch. And it's both. It's the old school one. Have you seen that with Boris something or other? Karloff. Um, yeah. Boris Karloff. Uh, you know, it's like a half hour. And I've, I've watched that 
um, like literally like every Christmas of my life. That was like a, a tradition growing up. It was up. like the little dog waving when he gets to the front of the Yeah, sled. Oh, it's <laughs> so good. It's so good. And and, and also the one the, that came out in theaters last year, um, that wasn't the first movie. Was it, it was, Jim Carrey? Who, who was the Grinch in that? There was a one a few um, years ago with Jim Carrey. Okay, I think. Yeah. I think this was a... No, yeah, yeah, the, this, was, this was new. Um, I, Animated? The, this, yeah, yes, the yeah. soundtrack is... Okay. Nails. You were without your kids. Uh, <laughs> it was the first. I think it was our older son's second movie um, in the theater, and it was our younger son's first. Um, and uh, and they just loved it. I mean, like if you go to a movie and you hear your kids like belly laughing yeah. throughout the whole thing. Like that's gonna be a favorite. So it's Grinch, Grinch, old new. Both oh, of those. I feel very, very strongly about this. Very good. This will be good. Um, I'm gonna go with Charvarius Ward, Sam's guy. There you go. Uh, Drew Locke, something that stood out that he said yesterday was the Chiefs are so versatile defensively and they are disguising their coverages really well, which is something we got into this week with um, Rashad Breeland, tricked Tom Brady into interception, yeah. Tyron mm -hmm. Matthew did it the week before. Um, so he's right about that. And I think for a new quarterback, that's going to be a difficult thing to see that he probably hasn't seen yet. Um, so I think somebody in the secondary probably gets him, and I, I think it's Charvarius Ward. Um, growing up, my favorite cartoon was Doug. <laughs> uh, uh, haven't I seen it in years. Um, the only like animated thing I can I can remember really watching and liking was uh, the first Shrek movie. Um, Shrek. I was going to mention Shrek because I thought there were some subtle adult, uh, jokes for adults <laughs> in, in that movie. It wasn't just a kids movie. I, I oh, really like eight. Is, is I really references. I was in high school when that came out. I have a, I just I don't see Pixar movies or really any movies. Uh, but especially Pixar movies. I, I, I will say I used to love The Grinch. Uh, I used to always watch that. Um, didn't go by myself to, to see the new one <laughs> in theaters. But uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. Two of us. So. <laughs> by the way, you're going to see every Pixar movie in the next yes, five years. Yes, you so. will, my friend. <laughs> Are you going to go see uh, Alita Battle Angel? I've never heard of that, but okay. I'll see right. later. Okay. If it's got your recommendation, it oh, makes wow. me less likely to go wow. out and watch it. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Um, I think it's going to be important for the Chiefs to get pressure on Drew Locke. I don't think they're going to get Flacco-type pressure on Locke. But I think this defense has to stay aggressive and, and rattle the quarterback making his third NFL start. In a, and, and it's going to be in the most hostile environment that Drew Locke can be in. So pick a defensive line. Pick, pick, uh, I'll go Tano Passanio because he's played so well here lately. Could be Alex Okafor. Could be Frank Clark if he's healthy. But a defensive end, I think, is going to have to Chris Jones, of course, anybody, but they've got to get pressure on Drew Locke and make him as uncomfortable as they can. Um, when, when my kids were young, we always kind of relate this to kids. When my kids were young, really young, that's when uh, Disney was releasing some of their movies for the first time. I'll just never forget uh, watching The Jungle Book with my kids, the, ah, the, original, the original Jungle Book. Uh, I, I still sing the song, whistle the songs from time to time, the bare necessities. Of well, I mean, you made Vahe do his impression. <laughs> it's whistle. Nobody wants to hear a whistle. Um, but but, but whenever, I, whenever I see an old movie, and I, you know, an old black and white movie, and I hear a voice, I'm thinking, yeah, that guy was in the Jungle Book. I remember him in the, you know, in the Jungle Book. So it's, it's funny, you relate it to kids or to when we were young. And, and so that's Drew Locke with Buzz Lightyear. He's having fun with it, and that's pretty cool for him to... To do that, I know the Denver media is is uh, eating it up. Something else I read this week: um, they're having trouble in Denver coming up with Drew Lock shirts and, and uh, Drew Lock uh, replica uniforms or yeah. jerseys. 
So um, they're putting a rush on those. Number three, Denver for, Chris, for Christmas presents. Yeah. I remember that was an issue in Kansas City when, when Mahomes was blowing up at the beginning of you know, 2018. He, you know, they, they, there weren't enough Mahomes jerseys in town. So the, the production's got to catch up with the popularity. I actually went to a, a couple stores just in, in free time to see if they had much Drew Locke stuff. Uh, they didn't have any. They had um, Von Miller jerseys and uh, Cortland uh, Sutton jerseys, and that was, that was pretty much it. Um, but a Target actually had a rack of Chiefs stuff in how Denver. About, how which, about that? Which shocked me. Um, it was all still there, though, so I don't know if they're selling much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, that'll do it for us. So, listen, uh, follow the coverage of the Chiefs and all these guys have written some terrific stuff, and, and we'll get some great stuff coming up this week. I, I'm really looking forward to Sam McDowell's story on Drew Locke. Yep. And Bahe's column Sunday on the Chiefs defense and Steve Spagnolo, Herbie, Herbie every day in, in, in the star at KansasState.com. And Sam is uh, uh, phenomenal. Go back and read the Charverius Ward story if you haven't. It's, it's fantastic. So um, for Herbie, Sam, Vahe, and Sam, yeah, they're just multiple. Not, will we ever have multiple Vahe's, I think, from this? I can only hope. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. We will talk to you again sometime Sunday afternoon after the Chiefs Broncos game from Arrowhead Stadium. Thanks, Beth. Thanks, Sarah and Mike, for being here. Talk to you again soon.